Welcome to Your Voice Must Be Heard podcast. I'm your host, Marquita McGee, a happy wife, proud mother, career woman, and voiceover artist. I created this podcast as a place to be encouraged through wisdom for different aspects of life. We all navigate through the many challenges of life, feeling unfulfilled in our purpose, and we believe there's more. We will explore in this podcast keys to unlock the door to the next level and transform. I'll be interviewing people who have found unconventional wisdom that catapulted them to success in business, health, relationships, and their gifts in the arts. We will reflect on how you can apply unconventional wisdom to achieve your success, affirming what you believe, and helping you create your transformation story. Come along with me into this week's episode to capture this wisdom and have forward movement in your life. Welcome to Your Voice Must Be Heard podcast. On today's episode, I have with me here Fagan Adams. She's a sold-out woman of God, a wife, a mother, a successful YouTuber, and can I say public speaker almost, a motivational speaker, I would say. (laughs) Yes, yes. So we're going to have a great time today talking about relationships. She's going to share her wisdom on marriage and motherhood, and it's that unconventional wisdom, a key or multiple keys that she found that has made her successful in her journey. Her YouTube page is Journeying to Self, and so today we're going to take a journey down Fagan's Road. So I want to welcome you today, Fagan. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) Hello. Nice to have (laughs) you on the show. Yes, well, I'm very, very honored. To even be asked to do it. So thank you. You know, I'm a follower on your YouTube channel and I just love your story. I love your journey. I love what you're doing for the women and the people. I see your passion through your videos and I'm just, I'm inspired, you know, for myself. I'm inspired for other women that are looking to better their lives within their relationships as mothers, as wives, as women of God, as business uh, women, you know, and What strike me most, you know, I was listening to one of your videos and I want you to take us back to the beginning. I learned that I guess around 10, 11 years ago, you were homeless and you had your first daughter. So I'd love to hear more about that. Tell us. Whoa. Okay. Wow. I haven't even allowed my brain to go back that far in a while. So this is good. So, yes, um, I had my daughter. My daughter's 14. So I had my daughter um, in 2008. Um, I actually moved to Atlanta in 2008. Um, And I actually was a high school dropout. Mm. So I dropped out um, for numerous reasons. I had, I didn't have the support I needed. Um, My mom was heavily addicted to heroin. So I was kind of struggling in that. And I was the only teen daughter in the house. And so I had a little brother and I just, I was trying to care for him and her, you know, that kind of thing. And so I just, I I had to leave. Um, And so I left New York and I moved here. I had my daughter in 2008. And so fast forward within the, you know, few years of me being here, I had a three, four-year-old at the time she was about four. um, And i kind of made, you know, I started to try to create a life for us. And so I got, you know, um, a pretty good job and I 
just kind of started to try to raise her the best way I could. But I was really out in the world. I did not know what I was doing. I didn't know. I didn't have any faith structure whatsoever, um, no support system. And so I was kind of making bad decisions. And so those bad decisions kind of led me into losing my driver's license. So I was getting tickets. I was speeding. I wasn't um, I wasn't paying for these speeding tickets. And so before you know it, I lost my driver's license and then I was still driving on a suspended driver's license, which entail over and over again, about maybe four times of me getting pulled over. Um, resulted in me going to jail. Mm. And so I'm, this is all coming yeah. together, right? So I know this is kind of long, but it's all come together, the homeless question, right? So with that, I went to jail and I bailed myself out. I did that about four times in a row mm. within like, I mean, I don't know how long, how many, maybe a year within like a year I was getting pulled over, you know, I was clubbing a lot. So I would be out in the middle of the night. I would get pulled over. I would go to jail. And so, but maybe the fourth time I did this, I remember seeing the judge and he said, you know, this is the fourth time that I'm seeing you here. And if I see you again, I'm going to make sure that it becomes a felony and you don't, you can't bail yourself out. Mm -hmm. And so that was a little make wake up call. I had a little girl and I could not, um, I could not see myself being in jail for that long. And so, um, I ended up giving my life to Christ at 21. Um, I got saved and my life shifted. Um, not that it, you know, it, the shift was really me deciding that I needed to do better. It was me deciding that this cannot be the life that I live. Um, but in all of that, with me going to jail, with me not having a car, with me losing, um, losing my vehicle, I ended up losing my job until that turned into me losing my apartment. And here I am getting out of jail this last time with no apartment, no car. And that's when I kind of, what we call rock bottom. That's when I hit mm. rock bottom. And so that turned into me really looking for an answer to why I was in this, this pit that I kind of found myself in. And I found the answer in the Lord and he met me in my friend's living room. I was homeless. I was sitting, I was sleeping on her couch. And, um, she had a studio apartment. It was a loft apartment and me and my daughter were sleeping on her couch. And, um, one day everybody went out and they went to the club and I said, I'm not going today. I'm going to stay here. And I knew to this day, I don't know how I knew, but I knew I needed to be there. Mm -hmm. I needed to stay behind. My daughter wasn't there at that time. At the time she was with her, her father. And so I was by myself in the dark in this apartment on the couch with nothing. And a presence met me in that living room. And so with that, it turned into me surrendering everything that I knew, everything that I thought I was and every agenda that I had for my own life and all the sorrow and issues to God. And since then, with that exchange, it turned into um, a resurrection of something that I didn't even know was, you know, needed to be resurrected. My whole life changed. And so I was no longer homeless and, you know, I ended up getting a car. It was a struggle, um, but life changed since then and it's still changing. Wow. That's powerful. That is a powerful story. You know, looking at you, you just... I can't tell that you went through all of that. And at such a, a young age, 
but it's nothing but the power of the Lord, I see, as you've shared. So through that, did you think that you would become this powerful woman that you are today? Uh, Did you see marriage? It's funny. I always, um, I didn't grow up in any type of situation that showed a healthy marriage, right? And I didn't have parents who were married, didn't have aunts. All of my aunts were pretty much single or divorced. Some of them were even lesbian. So I didn't really have like any type of example, no friends, nothing. And, but I always knew people would ask me when I was younger, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would always say a mother and a wife. Mm. <laughs> I would always say a mother and a wife. Um, and it was so strange because I came from a family full of women who were like about their business and no men, no husbands. And so that's what I kept saying. Um, and, you know, a lawyer was sprinkled here and there. I wanted to be an, an attorney for a long time. But other than that, I always knew that I was going to be a mother and a wife. So. The question as far as did I see this? Did I see my husband, my children? I did. I can honestly say that I did. I knew before salvation, before the wake up call, I always knew that I was going to be a mother, many children, a few children, and I was going to be a wife of a loving husband. I always knew that. And so that is why there was a pull that was inward. It was an inner pull that I had to find out why my life was not showing what was inside. I knew I was Mm. supposed to have this particular life, but my surrounding circumstances were so far from what I knew I was supposed to have. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. I didn't know it was, you know, a purpose. I didn't have that kind of vocabulary to even put it under an umbrella of anything. I just knew I feel this longing for this. You know, when I'm out and I'm hanging with friends, I feel different from them. I don't, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm not supposed to be clubbing and, you know, all my life and just and out there and a single mom. I'm, that's just not, it's not for me. And technically it's not for anyone, um, but it's not for me. And so, um, Yes, I, I always I always had a longing and, a, and an undeniable knowing that I was going to be a mother and a wife. That's good. That's good. You know, that's what this podcast is about is for listeners to kind of search inside to know that there's something more that the life that they're currently living, you know, there's something greater. And it's like you found that you said there was this inner knowing that, OK, I'm not about this life anymore. I know that there's something, something greater. You have been transformed. You've got this new life. You are single mom. You're going, you're going on learning and um, going down your journey and you get married. That did not work out. And you are now divorced on your YouTube channel. You know, I see where you share a lot about that. Um, So I want to talk about life after divorce. Did you feel like you had failed? I mean, how long was that process? The healing process, meaning after the divorce and like healing from yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're 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 new in this faith and you're you've gotten married now and so it's like, okay, this is not working for whatever reason. I guess tell us more about that. You know, what emotions did you experience? 
in that part, you know, and how did you get out of that place of being divorced, experiencing that death, so to speak, and finding life again? I think the hardest part about the divorce for me was the feeling of failure. Um, And ultimately it's pride, right? But it was the feeling of I failed and yet another thing that I could not um, get to the end of or like, you know, succeed at, you know, like I said, I mentioned earlier that I dropped out. And so there was a, there was a kind of a thread in my life of not being able to finish anything. Um, So for me, the impact of the divorce resulted in a sense of failure, more so not just, you know, failing myself, but failing the Lord. I felt like this is something that I committed myself to God and not just with this man, but to the Lord. Um, It was my commitment to him. I said, I do. And actually, those were exactly the words I used when I was given the divorce papers. Like, no, I said, I do. And when I said I do, I'm not going to give up. The The struggle was getting over the fact that I may have failed. The interesting thing is I got divorced in June of 2017. And by October of 2017, I was in a courtship. And so from June to October, you know, I'm dating in October, this new man, I'm dating this man, but in June, I would have never thought that from June to October, I would have healed as much as I did. Um, and so that healing process for me, I didn't even know I was being healed. That was not, I didn't, you know, I didn't leave the court that day and say, okay, I'm about to go on this healing journey. It was okay, Lord, me and you, because what I just experienced with the last few years of my life can never happen. Again. <laughs> so it was like, me and you, let's go. And so that's what I did. And so I devoted my every waking moment besides being with my two little girls at the time, at the time I had two little girls, um, one from this marriage that had just ended. Um, I could not find myself in that predicament again. And so I spent every waking moment with the Lord. It was a, it was a mo, it was a season of consecration that I did not even recognize as consecration until it was over. That's good. So would you say that season of consecration was like your your key to unlock? You know, people get in relationships and people get married and, you know, people get divorced, but then they don't take that time to heal. They don't take that time to come inside and and, and look and see, you know, what they need to do to, to move forward. And so would you say mm-hmm. that that consecration time was like your the wisdom you received that you needed that then catapulted you out into finding your, your soulmate later. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally say that. I would say that season of consecration that I found myself in was the, was the catapult, like you, like you put it to get me to where God needed me to be. Right. That's the key. It was almost like, okay, you were off this whole time. I got to get you back on the path that I paid for you. And so now I got to, I have to put you in this, this fast pace, this, what is it? Like a fast track Mm, to healing, I guess I would call Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just so, it was so quick. That was key. And, and to be honest with you, the wisdom of it all didn't really happen in those few months. Right. 
it was more so I got wisdom, like wisdom started to kind of show itself or the Lord started to reveal things to me after the courtship had already started. Mm. And then he really went in when we got married. So I actually did go into the marriage, still not understanding some stuff, still not having a whole lot of revelation on what just happened to me, right? Like what, what just happened? You know, I didn't get that in the healing process. The healing process in retrospect, it kind of seems like it was meant to literally just do that, heal what was damaged from what just happened. And then of course the healing process continued in marriage, but it was like to heal what was damaged and to heal my relationship with the Lord. Because what I, like I, I share on YouTube a lot, the fact that when I first got into this relationship with my ex-husband, I was a very new Christian. I thought I was a mature Christian. I thought I knew how to hear from the Lord, but I did not. And so that resulted in me being kind of manipulated and moved very quickly by what I feel like God is saying or what I think I should do or how I feel my feelings. And so I found myself in a marriage that God did not ordain, nor did he even say okay to in in any way, shape or form. And so because I thought he was okay with the marriage and he was leading and guiding me and he was, you know, he had my back. And then I find myself in a really bad situation. I did not know until the healing process that I had kind of blamed a lot of that on the Lord and I questioned my relationship with him. And so the healing was really to mend the relationship between me and the Lord until that caused questions to be answered. And I realized, number one, I was not the victim in this, this marriage, this divorce, this marriage that went bad. I was not the victim. And number two, um, it's imperative that I grow closer to the Lord so that I'm not easily swayed by my emotions and by the devil, to be honest with you. Um, and so that that's what that healing was to mend my relationship with the Lord and to get me to a place where I can have more confidence in my ability to hear from him. That's good. That's good. I want to go back to something you said that you were in, you were mm-hmm. in this first marriage and it wasn't something of the Lord. I was listening to one of your videos and you said something so good that, you know, we must be careful because if you're married to the wrong person, it can destroy your destiny, your purpose. And you also said that you and your ex were a perfect match to destroy one another. Wow. I want to elaborate a little bit on that because I don't think people understand that marriage is I mean, the seriousness of it and it's it's a lifelong decision. And if you make it incorrectly, you don't know what path is going to take you that's opposite of what you were designed to do. Right. Right. Yes. I. I truly believe that the relationship between my ex-husband and I was designed to destroy us that the devil has a plan for us. And so does, you know, God says in his word that he has a plan for us and he does, the devil does too. And so he has an idea of how he wants our lives to go. And he knows the brokenness. He knows what happened in the womb. He knows 
you know, all of the rejection that we felt and the issues that we have. And he understands them and he gets them and he knows how to manipulate and how to maneuver and pervert things so that it just gets us deeper into the hole that pretty much our lives have kind of like dug for us. And so that's what he did with my ex and I. If you can take all the hurt, the pain, the brokenness, the fractured soul that I had and all of the things that I was struggling with and say, okay, who can I find that has all of the brokenness and the issues and the temperament and the character issues and the personality? What, who can I find that this person will be extremely attracted to? So much so that they don't even see the issues, but um, the things that they can possess can like deepen the wounds, mm. deepen the issues. And I, I can see it. It's hard for me to verbalize it, but he, sh- the Lord showed me the the motives and how the enemy worked and how he works. Um, God told me a few years ago. I was sitting here, I was sitting with the Lord one day and he said, this is the Lord speaking. He said, the most popular weapon the enemy uses against my daughters is getting them yoked up with the wrong man. Without a doubt, I knew that that was my purpose. My purpose was to pull these women out of the horrible mindsets of thinking that who they marry isn't that important to the Lord. My purpose is to distinguish the the facade or the lie that we have been told that there's not, you know, there's not enough men out there or there is a perfect will of God for your life. And when you find yourself under the wrong man and yoked up with somebody that is not the man for you because there is an individual for you, When you find yourself yoked up with the wrong individual, that can literally change the trajectory of your life. That is what journeying to self is. It's everything. It's everything. And that's why I have devoted the time and energy that I have to journeying to self. Wow. Wow. That's so good. So I want to turn here. You know, we talked about life after divorce. Now I want to talk about your thriving life in your new marriage. So tell me which out of the two topics, um, which which brings you most excitement? Do you want to talk about soulmates or waiting for God to write your love story? Which one of those just gets you going? Well, I can actually intertwine them both. Okay. Yes, because I think when I think of those two, I feel like they they come together so, so well. Let me say that soulmates is not in the Bible, right? The word soulmates, the term soulmates, you cannot find that in the word. However, I truly believe we use the word soulmates in the world, right? Like that's the word that we think of. But I truly believe that if God has written out your life the way he says he has, then he has already written out the person that you are going to marry, Mm. the person that he designed and ordained for you to marry. Every time I think of my husband, I think of there are so many things in Marquita. I know you can attest to this. There are so many things in him that I look at him and I'm like, man, I was designed for you. Like I was, I was designed for you and you were designed for me. You know, not just the surface stuff, not personality or 
you know, the little things that he does. It's more so his purpose, what you were created to do and how you were created to do it, your strengths and weaknesses, how we just kind of mesh so well, like missing puzzle pieces. It's just a remarkable way of looking at it where God has designed somebody for you. And that's what a soulmate is, somebody who was designed intricately um, for you for the purpose of getting you to destiny, for the purpose of allowing both of you to walk fully in your purpose. Because honestly, that's what the the point of marriage is. Um, marriage is not just to be together and look cute and Instagram and, you know, selfies. It's not that's not what marriage is, is you know, to go on vacations and have sex like that's not what marriage is for. Those are all great things that, you know, are benefits of marriage. However, Marriage is for purpose. Marriage is to get you to the place God has designed you to be. He creates somebody for you, for you to both get there together. And with doing that, it's a direct example on this earth of his covenant. Mm. He's saying, look, at, look how beautiful this is. Um, and then on top of that, they can get each other to their destinies and be there for one another. And so I think Waiting for your soulmate, waiting for God to write your love story is simply saying, hey, God, I know that there is somebody that you have predestined for me to be with because you predestined everything in my life. You have written out my life from the beginning to the end. It is my job to find the path that you've already paid for me. My job is to find the path and stay on it as long as I could, as best as I could, with the objective of getting to an expected end. If you've written my love story the way you have, I'm sorry, if you've written my life the way you have, then my love story has to be in there. Mm. And so it's just you saying, hey, I know there's a soulmate for me. I know that there's a person. Where is he? And I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to not be so impatient or so fed up with just the weight itself, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to not just do what I want to do or do how I feel or um, be with somebody just because they've offered, yes. <laughs> you know, or they're, they've made themselves available um, or they, or we have good chemistry, right? Like that's not a reason to marry someone. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yes. So yeah. It was worth the wait and you are living your best life. You know, not only with your your husband, but with your children, it's like you're you're flourishing. I mean, this part of your journey is just is is so inspiring. I want to talk a little bit about the dynamics, you know, of the relationship between your children and you know your husband. You know, how how do you balance the two? How do you do it so effortlessly? So the dynamics between my children and my husband is quite frankly, a miracle in itself, how my girls in particular, my my son is biologically his, but my girls in particular, we, you know, we came to the relationship all together, you know, all three of us became as a package. And so when I first started courting with, well, we didn't necessarily date one another. He dated all three of us. I am not just saying that, you know, because it sounds good. He literally dated all three of us. I can count on one hand how many times we were out doing something together. I think ultimately within however many months we've dated, we went out together maybe four times without our children. Um, other than that, 
he he spent so much time with them. Um, he spent so much time with them. My girls and Ralph became closer than Ralph and I became in our courtship. And because we had a whole lot of time to talk, we had a whole lot of time to get to know one another. We had not grown an intimate relationship, but the girls in Ralph, they had, it, it was like chemistry. It was, it was a love there that I couldn't, I didn't necessarily, I couldn't speak to. You know, I tell all the time, my husband and I talk about this all the time, that we feel like we got bamboozled into the marriage <laughs> by the Lord. Like the Lord put us together so much so that it wasn't emotion. It wasn't like, oh, I just can't, you know, oh, he's just so fine or I, I can't live without him. It was and vice versa. It wasn't like that. It was more so like I am. I need to marry this individual. This is my husband. This is my wife. So our marriage was very much like that. It was a knowing more than it was emotional. And I think that that actually helped us stay um, refrain from sex because we didn't have this this um, it wasn't lustful in any way. So I'm saying all that to say my girls had a deep, deep, deep relationship with him in our dating process. So when we got married, it was absolutely fluid. And, you know, that was what, almost five years ago. And so they've just gone, they've gotten so much closer since then. That is so good. I heard you say one time that your husband was a husband before he was, and he was a father before he was a father. And so it sounds like that's what you just described, which is such a beautiful thing, because when you are blending your lives together, particularly, you know, in your circumstance, he didn't have children before you guys coming together. And so him coming together and already having two two daughters, you know, and that dynamic and just stepping in. But for you to see that firsthand, it was like, you know, we call them red flags when they're on the negative side. This was a great green check, you know, like, okay. Right. <laughs> and that's so powerful. So what do you want your children to learn or gain from your journey to self as they are on their journey to self? I want my children to understand more than anything that their lives are in the hands of the father and that there's no mistake too big for the Lord bring you back and continue on the journey with you. It doesn't have to be a start over or, well, now you have to sit down and, you know, think about what you've done that the grace and the mercy of God is so readily available for us and just do what you know to do the best way you know how to do it. I realized today that everything that I've experienced, everything that I've dealt with in my life, I mean, from the minute of conception to today, I can honestly say that I do not regret anything. I don't regret it. I would not take it back. It has made me into the person that I was always destined to be. No matter the path that I took to get here, I mean, people can say like, well, you know, maybe if you didn't do this or, you know, if you would have graduated or if you wouldn't have had a child so young, all those things. Yes, I can rewrite my life and say, well, this would this would make my life a lot easier. Would it have gotten me to where I am now? Possibly not. Um, and so that's what I really want to get to my children. I really want them to understand that God has you. He's written it. 
He has ordained it. He has put his stamp of approval on it. Now all you got to do is just walk it out. The Lord has said to me a few months ago that I was talking to him about my life. Like, man, if I would have just done better, or if I would have had this, or if I would have had these kind of parents. And I was talking to him about my career path. Like, you know, I would have loved to be an attorney. And he said, Fagan, I could not have allowed you to be an attorney. If I would have allowed you to be an attorney, you would have never been in the place where I needed you to be. He gave me that word right after I had a conversation with a young girl that met me through your name to self. She reached out to me via email. I ended up giving my, my phone number and we were on the phone. I was ministering to her. She she had some issues that she wanted to speak out and like vent. And so she's venting and I'm listening and I'm ministering. And we're talking. And this woman was at this young girl in her 20s. She's in medical school. And she has a wonderful parents, you know, she has wonderful parents, a wonderful childhood. And we're just talking. And so she gets right first. She gets off the phone. She goes, man, like, you know, I'm so grateful for you. She's in tears. Like, you know, you've just been such a blessing to me and all of these different things. And I'm sitting here and I told her with tears in my own eyes, I told her, you have no idea. I said, I'm thinking about your life, thinking, man, that would have been great. If I, you know, I always wanted to go to college. I always wanted to be a professional and, you know, in corporate world. And I always wanted to have parents who were loving and all of that. I always wanted that. I used to dream about that in the midst of my chaos. I would dream about that. And so I'm, I told her, I said, man, I, what, what I would have done to have your life at your age. And so she's like, well, I'm happy you did it because you're on the phone with me now. <laughs> And that, and that's when we, I got off the phone and the Lord revealed that to me, that I could not have had you succeed in the way that you, you know, wanted to or the way, the way the world expects you to. And that you're not, you're not a failure. You just, you took a different path. So that's in a long, a long story short, a long answer made short. I, I want the kids to know that um, choose the path God has for you. And he has you from beginning to end without a doubt. I love that. I love that. I heard a wise man say the mistakes are built into the equation. So this journey we on, you know, like you said, not taking anything back, but using those mistakes to get us to the next point, the next mile marker in the journey. Wow. I love this. I love this. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to talk really quickly. We're moving full speed ahead in the year already. And I heard you give a word to the people that this was the year to jump. And that it's just so powerful. You hear that and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, you get excited. But I can sense what you were saying from your mouth to the people. You explain how you're called to the women. And, you know, as I said before, you're so passionate to reach the people and that this is a year to jump for the people, for yourself. And so by the time the show airs, you would have completed your first women's outreach. Is that what I I know? Tell us more about that. Yes, it is a women's outreach slash conference. Um, I'm really apprehensive to use the word conference, but um, it is that. It is that. Uh, The Lord has given me this. He's given me the blueprint and he's given me everything I need to do it internally, um, people that he's given me. I mean, this thing is coming, it's coming up quick. Uh, it's only in about two weeks, Jesus. Yep. <laughs> so, 
Um, yes, it's, it's going to be an amazing, amazing move of God. The Lord told me that it is no longer the time to tell people about the Lord. It's time to allow people to experience him. I can tell you about God today and tomorrow you can find yourself still in the bottomless pit. You can find yourself still dealing with addiction, find yourself still in the bed with this man that you shouldn't be with. But when you experience the Lord today, I can almost guarantee you that tomorrow will look differently for you. That's what it's about. I want the listeners to to come away with something that's actionable for their lives so that their tomorrow can be different. You're so intentional about your life now. You could see that you're so transparent and your vulnerability is just saving many. And so I'm very excited about you in this outreach conference. And I know it's going to be a great success. I know you and your husband, you do shows together, but as you're doing solos and, you know, you're reaching the women, but a man may reach out and he may see you. What is it you want him to see? Uh, I would say not much differently than what I want the women to. Just like the women, I want I want the women to know that God has written your life out and he, especially your love story. It's one of the most important decisions you can make about who you marry and who you spend the rest of your life with. And that is what I want men to come come away with. The principle remains the same with with men. On top of that, my husband and I really try to stress the importance of treating a woman correctly and honoring her because of what that can produce staying away from sex before marriage. Um, All of those things are things that I want men and women to walk away with. All right. And then finally, we want to give the listeners a call to action. Can you give me one wisdom tip, something from everything we discussed that they can implement today? Yes, absolutely. One thing that I could say, if you do today and you wholeheartedly do, is to make a decision today you will walk away from anything that you know is not pleasing to God. Mm, That's good. All right. Well, this was such a great time and such an honor to be here and and be able to have this dialogue with you. I want to thank you for your time today. And can you share with the listeners where they can find you or follow you? Yes. So the YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com forward slash vegan Adams. The channel itself is called journeying to self. You can find it through youtube.com forward slash vegan Adams. I can also be reached via email, which is journeying to self channel at gmail.com. And I hope to be doing more conferences. You can find that information through the YouTube channel as well and via email, as well as my Instagram, which is Fagan Adams. All right. That's great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It was fun. It was very fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Voice Must Be Heard podcast. 
I hope the story you heard inspired and motivated you to take action for transformation in some aspect of your life. I would love it if you sent an email with questions, share your enlightening moment or profound wisdom you may have. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Your Voice Must Be Heard Podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. See you in the next episode. Bye.